Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Crossover edition of the Locked On Panthers and the Locked On Chicago Blackhawks podcast. For everyone on the Chicago Blackhawks feed, I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Armando Velez. I am from pantherparkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And with me is the host of the Locked On Chicago Blackhawks podcast, Jack Bushman. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well, Armando. Always good when we get together for a crossover. Wish it could come under better better circumstances for my squad, but it is what it is. Yeah, and it's funny because when we spoke the last time around, it was when when the Chicago Blackhawks swept the Florida Panthers. It's like, okay, I guess I got to do this. So both of us have been on the receiving ends of both. It's funny because all three series this year for between the Blackhawks and the Panthers have come with sweeps on both on both sides. Florida sweeping th- three of the series and the Blackhawks sweeping one. And the sweep of the Blackhawks of the Panthers came at a time where Alexander Barkov gets injured in warmups and this team was just straight up shell-shocked and just was sh- struggling to find their chemistry. But the Panthers all season haven't had more than a three-game losing streak all year. So it's it's been great that Florida has been able to weather storms for the most part this season. But I want to ask you with Stan Bowman coming out and saying that they need to reaccumulate some assets going into the future and the great stop start that the Chicago Blackhawks were having and falling a little bit after the trade deadline where they sold. How are you feeling overall about this season as a whole? Overall, I mean, when you put take everything into consideration, especially the preseason predictions of how most people felt about this team, I think you can't look at this as anything besides a success. I know that this team has tailed off in the second half of the year, um, but I, I think you know there were signs uh, of this team really coming together, and they put together streaks early on in the year that was kind of led by an insanely hot power play, and Kevin Lankinen was just playing unreal in that as a rookie, which obviously he hasn't been able to do in the last month or so he's kind of hit that rookie slump. Um, but overall, I mean, even though we've, we came up just short of the postseason, I think this was a big year for the future because we saw a lot of new faces and a lot of them made solid impressions. Brandon Hagel's one that comes to mind. Pia Suter has been a pretty good rookie. Wyatt Kalanuk has been insane on the back end for the last couple of weeks. Kevin Lankinen obviously has sort of helped us solve the question marks in goal. So I'm very happy with how the Blackhawks have battled here for the most part. And um, even though they're sixth place in the division and have struggled here, late to to play consistently especially against playoff caliber teams tough part of our schedule it's been disappointing and I know that's turned a lot of fans off but you got to keep everything in mind that we we were thinking this was going to be potentially a bottom five team in the NHL this season with all the new faces and everything that went south in the offseason I mean 
it, it was hectic. Jonathan Taze goes down. Kirby Doc breaks his wrist. Corey Crawford's gone. He retires. Brent Seabrook re-injures his back. That leads to a retirement. It, it's been a crazy swing for the Blackhawks in the last couple of months. And to be 500 for the majority of the year, you know, I think if, if you told Blackhawks fans that in December that this team would be around 500 for the majority of the campaign, they'd be really happy. So uh, I, I can't really complain about the season for the Blackhawks, Armando. And Andrew Shaw is another one that just retired as well due to concussion history. And you got you to gotta respect a guy who puts his health first because I, I've had one concussion in my life and it stinks. And head injuries are no joke as well. So credit to Andrew Shaw for choosing his health over, over a sport. And as far as trades throughout the trade deadline, of course, we had the Vinny Hinostroza trade to the Chicago Blackhawks and he's played fairly well. And if you guys want to listen to that crossover between Jack and I breaking down that trade, that was on the April 9th show on the locked on Panthers feed. So with, and there was also another one that had quite a few points in this past series with Adam Gaudet in that you got from the Vancouver Canucks. Talk about him a little bit. That was a fantastic trade. It's really looking like most of the trades Stan Bowman made at the deadline, especially uh, the one-for-one one swaps, you know, the, the Vinny Henestrosa for Brad Morrison. I mean, that was a no-brainer for us. Why, why not take a chance on a guy like Vinny who's had some success here in the past? And so far, he's looked tremendous. I mean, the effort, it just looks like he's so happy to be playing regularly and he's just got energy and juice every night and he's flying around in all cylinders. That's been great. But Adam Gaudet has been tremendous. He now has four points in his first three games with the Blackhawks and we traded Matthew Highmore for him. I mean, not a knock on Highmore. He was good for us in the playoffs, but he's a fourth line grinder who can play on the penalty kill. Not really going to chip in all that much offensively though. So for to, for the Blackhawks to swap him for a guy like Gaudet who has a high offensive ceiling, and he's shown it so far. I mean, that it looks like a beautiful trade by Stan Bowman. And what I like about Gaudet is he's just been going to the front of that and um, battling for in the in the dirty areas. You know, he's not afraid to get his nose dirty. Go to where um, you got to go to to find success. And he's done that well. He also rang a shot off the post against the Panthers. Could have had uh, another point in that one. So I, I'm very happy with Adam Gaudet, and certainly looking like the Blackhawks should be re-signing him in the offseason. He, he's impressed enough, in my opinion, to at least give him another year. Um, but for for the Blackhawks, one-for-one one swaps looking good. Mm -hmm. And with the exception of the first series of the year, there some of the games between the Blackhawks and the Panthers have been – they've challenged the Panthers here and there. And the, even though Chicago has fallen off – in the second half of the season, they went two for four in the second game of this past series, which almost led to a comeback in the second game of this one, put a little bit of a scare on the Panthers and then the overtime game. So they, they put quite a challenge on the, on the Florida Panthers in this past series. They did. I will say this is a team that does fight hard. Um, the, the biggest thing, the biggest problem is they just don't play a consistent 60 minute game. And so many times down this stretch where we last couple of weeks where we were still in playoff contention in big games, 
out of the second intermission and even the first sometimes the first minute is like are we playing hockey yet like the, in the, on Saturday the Panthers score two goals in the first minute that just can't happen in a 3-2 game where you're fighting hard and are trying to get momentum back on your side get the next goal and then you know anything happens down late in the game um, but to give up two goals out of that second intermission right away I mean going down five to two against this Panthers team I know we made it close late with some good fought effort, but really right there. And then for me, I was like, they're not coming back from that. And it's just those little mini blips that have killed them so often this season uh, against Nashville a couple of weeks ago. And we had that crucial three game series. I believe in two of those games, the predators scored in the first minute of the third period. I don't know if the mindset in the locker room needs to change or, or what, but this team is, they just, for some reason, 60 minutes has been a problem for them. And that is a sign of a young team, of course, but it's just discouraging when it happens so often, especially in these meaningful ones down the stretch. I think bad starts to periods result in maybe, maybe sitting down too much in between intermissions instead of standing up, stretching, and maybe walking around a little bit. Because as an athlete myself, when, when I would sit down too much in between periods or quarters or whatever sport I was playing – the last thing coaches recommended us to do was sit down for a long period of time because you need to get the juices flowing. So that might be a reason. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's not working right now. I'll tell you that. Mm -hmm. And in this past series for the Panthers for on the Panther side of things, it's, it is also a product of just really hot play by Anthony Duclair, Anthony Duclair, right after a penalty kill, gets cheats his way towards past the neutral zone and just all alone on Kevin Lincoln and fakes a spinorama, excuse me, fakes a wraparound and then finds a way to score on his own. And then an, another one where he just goes all alone on Lincoln and makes one move and then just that was a beauty, just taps it in there. And Sam Bennett it, on the Florida side, he's been, he listened to this through 38 games with Calgary, he got 12 points. Through eight games with Florida, he has 11, almost surpassing his point total from his from his time in Calgary just this season. So, what'd you guys give up for for Sam Bennett? We gave up a seven round, excuse me, a second round pick. In a the, seventh, uh, I was like, "Sheesh, what's Calgary second, doing?" Sec, second round pick, excuse me, in the upcoming draft. And a second round pick that the Florida Panthers drafted just this past offseason in Emil Hyman. So two twos. Uh, we don't know if Emil Hyman is going to make his way in the NHL anytime soon. But when you talk about championship window, you got to put your chips right. forward now. And the Chicago Blackhawks are going through it. When you win three cups in six years, you're going to sell a lot and a lot to obtain assets. And eventually your pool is going to start fading as you're the window can only be open for so long. Yeah. And that's just the way the structure of sports work when you have a cap and when you have 100%. a system and the, the, the Blackhawks went through it. The new England Patriots are going through it. The Chicago Cubs, your Chicago Cubs as well. They're going through it as well. So that's just a thing in, in sports. So the, and it, we're also starting to see with the Blackhawks side, like start a, a lot of the legends from the dynasty years are starting to now exit the game too. It, it must, it must be like also a very big full circle moment for you too. Right. 
listen to this. The only – the Blackhawks only have three guys now on their active roster who have won a Stanley Cup. Patrick Kane, Duncan Keith, and Brett Connolly. Only wow. Kane and Keith remain – from from the core it's been a wild last like five months seabrook crawford and shaw all retired mm-hmm. in the last five months and of course jonathan taze remains a question mark even though things do sound like they're heading in the right direction but it's been scary for us blackhawks fans the last half year armando guys are dropping like flies it, it, it's an end of an era but an end of a beautiful era for for the Chicago Blackhawks that you could really look back and say, man, th- th- this was a beautiful time to be alive. And as a Miami Heat fan myself, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of, even though a lot of the players are still in the league from their two championships, eventually the Heat fans are going to get in, in that nostalgia, in that nostalgia stock memes, rocket chips, day trading could be a lot of fun. But if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. Team up with Wealthfront instead. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. You have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index fund personalized just for you in minutes. In manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront can help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can be more than cover the low annual 0.25 advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets and you can get your first 5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first 5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNHL to grow your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL and get started today. Now back to my conversation with the host of the Locked On Chicago Blackhawks podcast, Jack Bushman. From the Panthers side, when it comes to like the turnaround for this team, they... In game one of this series, every single cap that scored in this one were all Bill Zito acquisitions from this last offseason. So a front office change has been the real difference in this one. Bennett scored the game winner in overtime. Duclair scored Montour, a trade deadline acquisition. And Alex Weinberg, who was just on Columbus last year. And then the Florida Panthers get Tippett in the top six and it's really it, it it's really an opportunity for him with carter or who who hasn't been in the lineup for about two weeks now Tippett is getting top six minutes and he's converting he was very active early in the second period where he was setting up sam bennett and setting and had a wonderful point shot that was saved by lankadon and from the florida panther side spencer knight too 
he had two incredible saves, one on Dabrinkit, and then there was one that he had on Patrick Kane as well. So there, the this for the Florida Panthers has just been wonderful, and Bill Zito just gets A-plus for everything that he's been able to do from the time he took office in less than a calendar year and cleaning up right. a mess while he's at it. It's been a crazy turnaround for the Panthers. It seems like everything he's done is – is hitting. I mean, all the moves have been working well, especially uh, the depth acquisitions. I really think that's a difference maker. I mean, Huberto and Barkov, they're going to do their thing, but you need some help to help those guys as well. Carter Verhage was absolutely going off at the beginning of the year. I don't know if he's uh, been able to keep that up really. I know you said he's been out the last couple of weeks. Um, he's going to return tomorrow against Dallas. Solid. But it, it seems like, I mean, in this series, did Barkov or Huberto score? Our Barkov scored one. Barkov scored. Who set mm-hmm. him up? It was a beautiful feat, I believe. Uh, it was Gustav Forsling right off the – Right, I was, was on a rush the other end. Of course it was Forsling. It, yeah, former Blackhawk. He bounced one puck off the board, then passed it to Duclair, then cuts – nobody picks him up to, as he's heading towards the neutral zone. And then you have four Blackhawks players, like, in a square, just staring at him. Everyone's drawing to him. And then he goes on a backhand pass – to bark yeah. off wide open that was uh, in that one. So beautiful and fun. Listen to this. Barkoff after the game called Gustav Forsling, Bobby Orsling <laughs> at the press <laughs> conference because of how he's been able to like set up other teammates. So good. Forsling. I always liked him when he was with Chicago. It was just, he, he was just clearly too raw still. I mean, how old is the, the guy now? 24. I believe so. Like so, a lot of potential there. And he's been hmm. what on your as a second pairing? Well, since Aaron Ekblad went down with injury, he's been added to the top line of defense with Mackenzie Weger. And Mackenzie Weger all season has been on that top line, and he actually leads the NHL in even strength points for defensemen. So, and he, wow. he's a seventh round pick too. Yeah, I know. So, Weger's been really good this year. So he's been another like staple in in this lineup that you can rely on him and Gus Forsling being added to that top line. And if Aaron Ekblad happens to come back, which the earliest we're thinking he can come back is mid June. So the Florida Panthers would have to advance to the the conference finals. Well, not, it's not called the, it's not the conference finals this year, but (laughs) the final four. Yeah. The final four, that would be the only way he would be able to come back. And, and, if you could have that kind of pairing in the top four defensive pairs with Uyghur, Ekblad, Forsling, Montour on the second one, and then Gudis, and a lot of Florida Panthers are just hoping Yandel gets scratched at this point because he's just a huge he liability. Has he been bad this year? He's been, he's been pretty bad this year. He's a lot of turnovers, especially on the power play, and he he's one he's the he's the team worse in plus minus. So, yeah, damn. I mean, and, he is getting up there, though. He's been mm-hmm. around. Yeah, and the only thing that's stopping him from being a scratch is the the streak, which is, I believe, now at 919 or 920, with Patrick Marlowe just a little bit behind him by, like, 18 to 20 games. So it's, it's not only when Keith Yandel breaks the record, but him knowing that Patrick Marlowe is, like, right behind him. Honest I don't think – I don't think that – he's even going to get scratched after that because he probably not the, the first number one active streak of all time in, in that category. So it's a little frustrating, but 
I don't, I just don't think there's any way you can scratch him, especially at this point of the year. They're not going to scratch him throughout the rest of the regular season. That would just be an insult. Mm-hmm. And then the only way it would happen is if he becomes an absolute liability in the playoffs. Like it's so bad that he literally can't be out there anymore. That's the only way he's not going to play. That's the only way he's going to be out there. And I'm sure you could, I'm sure you could come up with an example of coach Q during his time in Chicago, of making a, a big move like Brian Campbell, for, for example. And another one, another one that coach Q made that he said, he said, I'm going to bench this guy because he's just not playing well was Mike Matheson last year in the postseason. There's just the, his play was just not, good, wasn't good in enough. the bubble in the bubble last year that led him to a healthy scratch in the last two games of the qualifiers against New York so he's not afraid to make those moves and I'm sure you've seen that plenty of times during Q's time in Chicago yeah I mean he'll staple guys to the bench he has no problem doing it he knows he knows that ice time is the most valuable thing to a player and mm-hmm. that's that's what's going to send the message ultimately yeah so that that's the one thing that Coach Q, that the fans and many people around Florida Panther circles are just wondering, when is it going to be enough for Keith Yandel? So that's just really what it comes down to. We'll have to wait and see if it uh, comes through in the postseason. And speaking of the postseason, I I definitely wanted to ask you while we're together. uh, I mean, it's a tight race in the Central right now for those top three spots. But besides that, we, we know that the Lightning, Hurricanes, and Panthers are going to be the top three, but we don't know what order. Uh, if so, obviously you, you would probably like the Panthers to come out on top and play the four spot in the first round, but if the Panthers happen to get the two or three spot, would you rather have Tampa Bay or Carolina? Florida is two, four and two against Carolina this year. While the Panthers have won three games, excuse me, four games against Tampa this year. And three of those losses, one of them was an overtime. So they're leading points against Tampa seven to six currently. So they've had a better time challenging Tampa this year versus Carolina, but it's like a, be careful what you can wish for because Nikita Kucherov yeah, is I was just about back. to say, what if, what if that so, man comes back? I mean, yeah. And if, if they get a Stamkos. healthy Stephen Stamkos too, that can be a very dangerous game to play versus that. That's a team that's been there. Carolina is still that team trying to take the next step to a championship while right. the Florida Panthers are third in line in their, in their, in their trying to contend because Carolina was in a conference final just two years ago against Boston. The Tampa Bay lightning have won a Stanley cup last year. So you gotta be the, you got, if you want to beat be the best, you got to beat the best no matter what. So it's going to be a challenging series regardless. And here's something I saw. The Florida Panthers have three games left. If they win on Monday against Dallas and get two points, they'll officially control their destiny to at least get home ice in the first round. I don't think they'll get home ice throughout the first two rounds. I think it's Carolina's division. I do think if they win on Monday against Dallas, who is fighting for their playoff lives after losing an overtime against Nashville, if they win Monday against Dallas, I have a good feeling going to the weekend, the last two games, that they'll be able to at least get home ice in the first round. It should be exciting either way. That that uh, two three matchup in the first round of the playoffs is going to be a dogfight, especially after each team has played each other already eight times in the regular season. 
Uh, I'm excited for playoff hockey to get started, especially because I can watch other teams. I don't have to just watch the Blackhawks be kind of crappy in the second half of the season anymore. Yeah, and there's a possibility that the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning could be facing each other nine times in a row starting on Saturday. So two games to end the regular season and the maximum seven-game series. So that would be intense. It's going to be for the, and they've never faced each other in the playoffs ever. So this will be the first time. And a lot of even national people are talking about, look at that sunshine state showdown that we might have. And it's going to be, it's going to be fun. And me, myself living in lightning country here in Orlando, there's a big fan base for Tampa Bay lightning fans here. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. So. I'm excited. I'm excited for postseason hockey. And uh, it's been fun doing all these crossovers throughout the year, Armando, man. I'm definitely we're definitely going to have to do one because we'll I'll still be full time in uh, May once the playoffs start and the Blackhawks won't be playing anymore. So I'm definitely going to have to catch up with everyone in the division and see how they're they're feeling. Definitely. And and of course, we have an offseason to discuss Panthers, Blackhawks as well. So we'll probably, definitely knowing our teams, there'll probably be a trade at some point, you know. Yes, for sure. And we'll, <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll definitely break it down then. So thank you so much for doing this crossover with me. And th- uh, for my listeners, where can they find you and your show on the internet? They can find the Locked on Blackhawks podcast anywhere you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Odyssey, Google Podcasts. Just check Locked on Blackhawks. If you want to check me out on Twitter, the account for the Locked on Blackhawks page is at capital L, capital O underscore Blackhawks. And then me, myself, my personal page is at Jack Bushman too. Thanks, man. Thank, thank you so much for doing this with me. And, and hopefully your off season is, is well. Thank you. I appreciate that, Armando. Keep my fingers crossed. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar with 18 amazing flavors and six new flavors of caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. And today's flavor profile is coconut almond with 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. Built Bar has reset the promo code for this relaunch. Free cooler with the purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball is in full swing and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news. Sign up for bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sideline anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code. Locked on. 
Today on the Locked On Today podcast, analysis on all the best and worst picks from this past weekend's NFL Draft. Get more of the sports news in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast on this Monday, May 3rd, 2021. Where the Florida Panthers are set to play, the Dallas starts tonight at 7 p.m. at the BB&T Center. And I want to thank Jack Bushman from the Locked On Chicago Blackhawks podcast for joining me to talk about this previous series between the Blackhawks and the Panthers, where the Florida Panthers finished 6-2-0 against Chicago for the season series. But now our attention goes to the Dallas Stars. This is the final matchup of the year between the Dallas Stars and the Florida Panthers. The Dallas Stars lost in overtime to the Nashville Predators just on Saturday by a final score of one to nothing, where former Florida Panther Eric Halla got the game-winning goal in overtime. And in every matchup between the Dallas Stars and the Nashville Predators, the Dallas Stars have come away with at least one point in that game. And the struggle for the Stars this season has been really once they get to the overtime period that they've been having a hard time finishing games this season. And But one player that is a one that needs some consideration for the Calder this year is Jason Robertson. Jason Robertson has had a great season. I I know that Kaprizov of the Minnesota Wild is likely to be the winner of the Calder, but Jason Robertson, he has 40 points in 46 games for the Dallas Stars. He's a former second-round pick, 39th overall from the 2017 NHL entry draft. And, but... The Dallas Stars are still missing Ben Bishop, who won't be coming back this season. No news on whether Tyler Sagan will be coming back this season as well for the Dallas Stars. Joe Pravelski is having a great season once again for Dallas, where he has 44 points in 51 games. Mentioned Robertson, how he's in contention for the Calder. No news on who will be starting in net for Dallas heading into this one. In their previous matchup against the Nashville Predators, Anton Hudobin was the starter in that one. And in the previous series against the Tampa Bay Lightning on Thursday, excuse me, not series, it was only one game, Jake Ottinger had the start for the Dallas Stars, the former first-round pick for Dallas, where he stopped 25 of 27 shots, but the Tampa Bay Lightning came out with a 3 to nothing win against Dallas. So Dallas is on their last breath, their last chance to make a playoff run, and they have a game in hand against Nashville with three points behind. So the Dallas Stars are going to come hungry, ready to really do anything to save their playoff lives where they face Florida on Monday, twice against Tampa on Wednesday and Friday, and then they finish with a back-to-back 
next Sunday, Monday to close out the season, catch up with that game in hand after everything that they've gone through with the snowstorm, COVID-19 outbreak and everything. You got to give credit to the Dallas Stars on fighting it through for everything they've gone through this season. And this is a team that just came off a Western Conference championship and a Stanley Cup final appearance. So it's not going to be easy for the Florida Panthers going up against the Dallas Stars in this series. We expect Carter Verhage to come back, which means Grigory Denisenko, who, congratulations, he got his first NHL point in the first game of the Blackhawks series. Congratulations to him. He's likely going to get probably slide down to either the third or the fourth line for the Florida Panthers. Hey, maybe even the second line where Owen Tippett was there last game. But i rather see Tippett get some top six minutes with the better players on the roster to possibly get him more involved as Carter Hagee is making his way back to the roster. And same thing with Patrick Hornquist. Patrick Hornquist at this point, I think he's going to be inserted back into the third line with Alex Wenberg and Frank Vitrano for this game. And with the fourth line, you could really mix and match anyone really for, for those final few spots to as the Florida Panthers are preparing for the postseason. But like I said in my conversation with Jack Bushman of Locked On Blackhawks, if the Florida Panthers win and get two points on Monday, they will officially control their destiny going into the series against Tampa starting on Saturday. And the Florida Panthers will have four days off in between. Tampa's going to be playing in the middle of that. Carolina's going to be playing. Everyone else, for the most part, throughout this four-day stretch is going to be playing. The Carolina Hurricanes have two back-to-back against Chicago. Excuse me, three and a, and three, a three-game series against Chicago. One of a back-to-back, a day off, and then one more game against Chicago. Tampa Bay is going to be playing Dallas in this one where... Tampa Bay lost a 1-0 game against Detroit on Saturday, which made Saturday's win against Chicago kind of an insurance win for the Florida Panthers as they right now are tied in points with the Tampa Bay Lightning, with Tampa Bay having a game in hand. And throughout this four-day stretch, the Lightning will officially get their game in hand but of course like florida panther fans have talked about in years past it doesn't matter about the game in hands unless you win them but with a win monday the panthers will control their destiny regardless of the tampa bay lightning winning either or both of their games against dallas coming up so if you like what you're hearing please subscribe to the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts Apple, Spotify, Google, Odyssey, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Make sure to follow the show account at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Make sure to follow the national show, Locked On NHL. And of course, don't forget the new Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. Sarah Novelez signing off. And you've been listening to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team every day.